Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Kay. And this week we're looking at Season 2, Episode 15, You Scratch My Book, in which Frasier questions his moral investment in the writing of a book forward to Dr. Honey Snow. So Kay, in this episode, at one point they go to The Book Nook, a bookshop where Honey Snow is giving out book signings. I want to ask you, as you know, someone who's always been pretty arts and arts and culture minded, do you have a favourite bookshop on this uh, on this cold earth? Um, I used to really love um, in Birmingham City Centre. Mm-hmm. There was a really beautiful Waterstones. Oh wow, yeah. Um, which is now the Apple Store. It is horrifying. Yeah, I mean, and it but, used to be over four or five floors. It is like palatial, yeah. and now it's on one floor, and it's an Apple Shop. It, it felt like you were in like library of some really old. Fashion, like, like Versailles or something, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. And I, li- I love. I could spend the entire day in there. Yeah. And now I walk past it, it and just, like I'm choking down bile because it's horrible. <laughs> it's just. I honestly, when I was like, when I first started going to town on my own with friends from school and stuff, you know, I was probably like what 14 or something. Um, and it was like you know a big thing, independence or whatever. We would just go and just read the books in there for like three hours. Like that was that was the height of fun for us. We'd like go get a subway. We'd go to see and buy some cheap pre-owned games and then we just mooch about Waterstones and it's just I, I look back on that with such nostalgia and now it's an Apple shop you just think yeah where is all that gone it's like their flagship now it literally looks like it could be their flagship UK store it is that impressive because obviously they, it's a listed building but yeah I, I love that bookshop have you ever been to Astley Book Farm which is fairly near us as well I don't think so no oh man it's on the way like past Ansley but it's like one of the biggest secondhand um, bookshops and it's, it's called the Book Farm because it's an old farm so there's just barns full of books they've renovated with like the best cafe ever attached to it now that is a great place but it's not it's a second-hand bookshop but it's not for charity so they tend to really have expensive prices and it's just a, i'm a bit reticent to pay like five quid for a second-hand book i'm like i could yeah. buy this for like a couple pound more off you know the big bads on the internet so you know you've got to give me an incentive to want to buy from the, from the second hand <laughs> um but yeah excellent thank you for sharing that key shall we took ourselves into trivia corner this week yes let's excellent we've been sent in the usual quest by uh, hamish and Corey. and actually someone else contacted me in the week wanting to know where the best place to get trivia was so i've i've directed them to hamish because he kind of controls the uh the non-quizmaster trivia section so hopefully they're in contact with him um but that remains to be seen i will uh i'll begin by reading Hamish's out to you, if you don't mind. So, question numero uno. Why should the kiddies brace themselves in the words of Niles? This is, why should the kiddies brace themselves? Oh, God. Um, kind of like a direct quote, I guess. See, the problem is, right, mm-hmm. is that because it's Halloween, I, um, I for the first time while we, because well, while we've been doing this podcast, I've just been watching one episode a week and the episode that we're recording and that's it. I've not been watching any of the Frasier episodes yet, so that I'm very focused on R1. Likewise. Um, but last night, because we're getting to Halloween, I watched the um, the Halloween episode. Oh, where... so good. My juicy wench. Um, well, I was watching the one where they, they all come dressed up as their hero. Oh, room full of heroes. Yeah. Okay. Um, God, I and hate so that episode inst- for the awkward moment. <laughs> yeah, but my instinctive reaction to this was, well, actually, the kids be afraid, but Frazier's going to eat their brains, isn't it? <laughs> and that's... <laughs> and then... <laughs> now I'm realising that I'm pretty sure it's a different episode, so... <laughs> I'm afraid it is. It's nothing quite so violent as brain eating. I mean, it's it's definitely something to do with 
Honey Snow's book. Um, I think he, it, Niles is taking the mick. It's actually before Niles learns about this, I think. It's something separate. That's a little clue. God. It's not got anything to do with Honey Snow. Hmm. God. I know. He says it, it as he enters Fraser's apartment. It absolutely should not. Um, be watching more than one episode a week. That's what I've learned. <laughs> um, I've got no idea. Absolutely you tap no out. idea. I'll tap you out, yeah. Okay, so he comes in, he says, brace yourself, kiddies. It's raffle time. It's raffle yes! time. That of is course. why I hate raffles and being asked to take part in them. So I fully, you know, I fully, um, what's the word? Empathize with the way the Fraser household reacts to, to Nars' entrance. Um, second question, Key. What won't help Fraser, according to him, from a quote, when recommending Honey Snow's book? What won't help um, him? Is it reading it? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a good line. So to recommend a book, reading it doesn't help. <laughs> reading it doesn't help. Um, brilliant, Key. Well played. And finally, from Hamish's questions, when Daphne and Martin go out for dinner, what colour is the jacket that Daphne takes with her? little visual one here for you, Kay. Oh, God. Mm. Um, I can hear a whole mess of geese screaming across the sky outside my window. <laughs> I thought you were just trying to describe the workings of my mind. It's like a mess of geese. Okay. <laughs> Probably not unlike. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a stab in the dark. Mm -hmm. um, Think about your towel primaries, Kay. <laughs> oh, my towel primary. Okay, so it's, we say red, blue, or white, I think. I think that's towels. what we said, yeah. Very American-themed. Um, I'm going to go with red. Oh, there it is. Well is played. It? Well played. <laughs> Two out of three. You're doing pretty well there. Um, and Niall Marsh got a question in as well. So thank you to Niall for sending this in. So this is the last one from, uh, from Hamish's lot. In Honey's apartment, what is the woman in the painting doing? This is a fantastic question. Um, what is the woman in the painting doing? And if you want oh, a clue, God. it's something fairly domestic. It's kind of, it yes. involves the domestic space. That's what I'll say. Um, hoovering? <laughs> in an oil painting. <laughs> she hasn't got a Dyson out, I'm afraid. Other vacuums are available. Um, she is posing in front of the fireplace. <laughs> Over it, K-Man. You are going to get cancelled for your terrible misogynistic opinion. <laughs> you said it was a domestic. I thought it was like a domestic. That's like cleaning. When I said that, I did think your mind was going to go to chores. Um, so you can't be forgiven. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> thank you so much, Hamish and Oh, we had a good run well before we, we did. got cancelled. We, we've got to stop now, unfortunately, because <laughs> we are going to get shut down. Um, thank you so much, Niall and Hamish, for those questions. Key, do you want to take it away with yours for me? And okay, I'll try to so refrain my... from uh, digging any holes. Um, my, my three questions, and I'll give you a little clue before I start. The hoovering is the answer to none of them. Okay, okay that's a good clue to have off, right off the bat. Um, so question one. Mm-hmm. What is the raffle prize? Oh, bugger. I really, really have no idea. Um, <laughs> can you give me any kind of clue here? Is I've got um, not even an inkling. Musical. Oh. oh, it's someone comes to your house and sings Ride of the Valkyries. Um, <laughs> oh, what's her name? Like, not Mrs. Presley Bismuth. That's someone else. I think it's someone comes to your house and sings Ride of the Valkyries or something. Something along those lines. But that's probably not enough for you to give me the point. Yeah, I mean, you've got about 70%. Yeah, okay. it's, um, I, I think I'm not 100% sure. I think he says Mrs. Fitzgibbons. Yes, that rings a bell. Um, yeah, I think she's the soprano in, and uh, she will come and sing Ride of the Valkyries for you. Right. It sounds absolutely terrifying, to be honest. I wouldn't, <laughs> does, want, to win. I wouldn't want to win that. I'd much rather win a box of milk tray or something. The classic <laughs> for fair. <laughs> um, okay. Question number two. And Light this on, one mate. is visual. It, you do Ooh. see it on the episode. Okay. Um, who produced this episode? 
Oh my god. I'm pretty sure it's the same producer for like most episodes, so <laughs> you've got a good chance of getting it. Oh man. <laughs> do you I'm... do you give the necessary respect to the people behind the scenes? Well, I don't think I do. Um <laughs> So maybe one of the big three, David Angel, Christopher Lloyd, Peter Casey. I know there's a guy called Bill Carroll involved somewhere. There's a guy called Cy Duquesne. Um, I'll give you a clue. It is, it's a woman. Oh, bugger. Man, this is not a good episode for showing that we have any kind of feminist sensibilities. <laughs> I'm just forgetting the women's names. I'm so sorry, listeners. This is not good. This isn't a good look for we're listening. Um, you're going to have to tell me, mate. Um, I think Maggie Rendell. Oh, man. That is a... On my birthday of all days, Key, that is an extremely <laughs> harsh question. <laughs> well, mate. <laughs> okay, final question from me. Okay. Um, we hear the title of two of Honey Snow's books. Mm-hmm. What are they? Uh, is it one of them like don't change your perfect yes okay correct i got that one um uh, oh the first one he reads that something about a rainbow um oh man that's the only word i can remember (laughs) Ah, something about mental rainbows or chasing the rainbow which sounds a little bit like an lsd advert um i was gonna say it sounds like a drug trip or skittles kind of plagiarizing (laughs) skittles uh you're gonna have to tell me key i know it's a rainbow is here have a rainbow have a rainbow what does that even mean i mean i know that's the joke but like you know at least try and come up with a platitude that makes some kind of sense um not a great showing for me there key this week no i don't think it's a great show from either of us no it's not you've got a chance to redeem yourself though with uh mischief knight's questions so let's let's read those out now so question numero uno from mischief knight who oh yeah oh bugger sorry Corey. Corey's first question is um who will the who will the winner of the raffle get to see um so unfortunately we've already asked that Corey, you've just got a great mind um that works exactly like keys so we know that if something tragic would happen to key we know that you could fill his fill his boots or indeed mind i don't know why i'm assuming keys the uh the mortal one between us um but there you go so sorry we can't read out your first question Corey. second question niles and daphne are full of glowing adjectives for wendell the, the broker Fraser and Martin only each offer a single one-word adjective when describing the broker. What are they? Okay, I think Martin, I think, called him some kind of a genie. I think. He does. He does. Wow, I did not remember that one. So well played. I'd much, I have no I'd... idea what Fraser's was. Wow, <laughs> man. That's the, that's the one I'd have remembered, not the other ones. That's interesting. Um, no, I'm going to take a shot in the dark. I, I have no idea. Um Okay. I think just maybe a genius, something like that. He says he's a marvel. That program of yours is a marvel, Niles. Um, (laughs) It's a great, great little line there. Um, But yes, you you got one of them, Keith, so well played. Question three. When considering all of the Honey Snow-isms openly recited throughout the episode, what is the first gift via her writing does Honey Snow offer to the audience? Mm. Uh, offer is in, like, I don't know, like a figure of speech. So, like, here, have this. But I think you might be there with that. Okay. With that. Um, I'm, I'm guessing, then, given we've gone through the titles of her book, is it Here, Have a Rainbow? Yes, it is. Well, but again, Corey, we kind of undersold you a little bit there because it's kind of... We, we mentioned the book title, um, but that's an excellent question. Like, really thinking outside the box and how to phrase these. Corey and Hamish are keeping us on our toes. But yeah, thank you so much for sending those questions. They're not bad there, Key. I mean, you got 
you got Gina, you got Rainbow. So I think I think a pretty good showing. You've redeemed yourself, whereas I have not been offered such an opportunity. So <laughs> I'll just have to wall over the rest of the episode. Um, thank you, everyone who sent in questions this week. Um, keep them coming as always. So, Key, this week, getting into the review, Animation Watch. Now tell me what it is, please. And it's very think, apt to what's happening right now. Uh, top I think, my head. Um, was it Rain? Yes, it was. And this is just my personal favorite by a mile. So I got a huge kick out of this one. I love it. Um, not raining in the episode. I say no at all. So what I don't again don't get it, but um it's absolutely chucking it down where I am right now. So kind of feels apt. Um Fraser let someone steal his parking space at this point because he was intimidated by them. If you were in this position key you were driving around a lot you know using a car parking space how would you feel or react if someone did this to you? Like you know you're indicating waiting to get into a slot slot and someone flies in. Would you just tut and drive off or would you you know take it to them uh what i would do is i'd wave my arms around a lot yeah. i'd swear under my breath but not loudly enough that they could hear me mm. and then i'd spend the rest of the day calling up various family members I'm like you know what this guy did yeah right, <laughs> i was gonna have him i tell you i was gonna have him. british way i mean i would do exactly what you've just described only i would swear loud enough that maybe he could hear it muffled through the glass of my car but yeah it's just i've seen that happen multiple times um sometimes like when we've been waiting we see someone coming in we say oh we're just about to move you can have our slot and we'll see someone else come and try to get in and we're like no we've already given it to someone else you can do what and they, they you know kind of begrudgingly drive off so but it's you know it's i think general car culture especially in the uk is is pretty awful i know what i'm like behind the wheel of a car and getting angry and stuff so it happens to everyone um here have a rainbow is mentioned at this point uh because fraser discovers that daphne is a listener to to honey snow i just love i mean it's a it's a little bit <laughs> it's a little bit ahead of this point but when there's just a difference between niles finding out and Fraser finding out and Snarl's going insightful isn't she whenever I realise Daphne listens to her but I love Fraser's kind of rationale here where he says um, you know what do you know she tells people nothing nothing wrong is ever their fault what do you know they like it I just think there's so many pop culture or pop psychology books um, out there at the moment that do this um, I think this is a really recurrent trend in kind of contemporary publishing. Yeah, I think definitely there is a very much a genre where it's the world's fault, it's not your fault. And, Massively so. Yeah, you know, great. I mean, I think for me, the, the difference between like a self-help book should probably be saying you're not perfect, but you know, just accept your flaws. That's who you are. Uh, that would be probably a better approach to take and say no, you're so. perfect. I think. I think um, really you've kind of fallen two camps. You've got the books that are saying you're perfect, the world's absolutely effed, and you know it's out of your hot control, and then you have books like How to Win Friends and Influence people by dale carnegie you know really famous where it basically it's it's full of just crap generalizations and platitudes and stuff but it's also just turning people into like social sociopaths where you don't care about the interactions you're having as long as you're coming off as charismatic and confident and there's very little middle ground i think um i don't tend to read or have ever read these kinds of books but i'd be interested to see because they're very popular if any listeners do if you've ever you know personally been helped by a self-help books you know by all means they, they work for some people so um you know get in touch i've, I've made a note here that when daphne does uh, nars does this little insightful isn't she daphne looks at him really weirdly as if to say i can tell you like it's a load of bluster though she never ever does that normally she never sees through the ruse of niles and what he's saying so this this struck a real chord with me it's almost like they forgot for a moment that daphne's meant to be oblivious to everything niles says in in, in a way that's obviously influenced by her decisions do you know what i mean yeah it's interesting and what's interesting i've got the kcl scripts in front of me yeah and um, on that line, it actually has in brackets after Niles says insightful, isn't she? It has brackets, Daphne is not amused. 
Yeah, that's exactly what it's like. And <clears> I just think that maybe she's maybe she is oblivious and can see he's just being he's just joking. But then she, you'd have to think, well, why is he on my side? You know, why isn't is Doctor, you know, Doctor Crane, as she'd call him, who is a respected psychologist and clearly doesn't like any snow? Why is he suddenly changing his opinion when he finds out I like her? So it's a bit of a flag for me. After this, we have the mention of of Mrs. Fitzgibbon and Ride of the Valkyries. Have you seen Apocalypse Now, Key, where this fil- uh, this piece of music is famously used? I have not. Oh. Although I I have been told that Hearts of Darkness is better than Apocalypse Now. Is that true? As in the the, the book. Um, I don't know. Was Hearts of Darkness not a documentary about the making of Apocalypse Now? Oh God, it was. I've not seen that actually. I, um, I that is amazing to me that someone tell you that the doc is better. The film is like a stone cold stunner. Um, oh, right. No, I, like whenever I've I've never seen either. But like whenever I've ever heard someone say Hearts um, Apocalypse Now, someone else always goes. You ever seen Hearts of Darkness? Way wow. Apocalypse Now. What the hell? Yeah. But yeah, Apocalypse Now is probably in my top ten. It's amazing. Um, and it's not even really a Vietnam film at all. It's it's, it's like I don't even think of it as a Vietnam War film. It is just just traces basically like at a, at a crazy trip into into insanity essentially um it's just really really good i mean francis ford coppola obviously did the godfather directed it and he's some of the films he launched in the 70s i mean everything he touched turned to gold but obviously ride of the valkyries you, you're, you're familiar with the scene are you with the helicopters yeah they like bomb the village um i'm not sure if they actually i think they probably did do that in real life like played music really loudly from the helicopters but pretty insidious we don't need to get into a war rhetoric here there's a stock tip here given by niles um i mentioned a few weeks ago that i took the plunge in investing in some in some stocks and shares etc a relatively decent little fund that i've got money in it's like amazon and shopify and wayfair those kinds of companies i can tell you that considering the world is just still going to to shit everywhere and the election's happening they are plummeting so i could (laughs) i could really do with wendell right now um oh well <laughs> when I say plummeting, I mean I'm not losing. I'm not losing any money. Um, but they were doing really well, and now they're not doing so well. But this is what happened at the beginning of the year. So you've just got to hold fast, and my own private Wendell will uh, will save the day. But yeah, I mean, you not had any more inclinations to get into the the stocks and shares business, Key? Maybe open an I ISA. Just, I mean, I probably should. Um, but I'm, I'm it's very, very easy and uninvolved. I mean, I have an ordinary ISA. Mm-hmm. Um, what I need to do, I need to settle one of those help to buy ISAs where or a lifetime it. ISA. They're even better, actually. Um, yeah. But if you is... if you want it for a, like a house, then then yeah, go for it. Um, but I I can't. I don't have. I'm very very lazy. Mm. I don't want to go. Lazy, to lazy, lazy. <laughs> Give me it's basically that's all it is is i just can't be bothered to go to the bank and set it up to be fair you can do all this um online these days i set up the the stocks and shares one online um really i just assumed like because it's been an isa and all that sort of thing that i'd have to go in Nah, honestly you can uh you can i think most of it's online now you'd be you'd be hard pressed to find a physical outlet anymore to go to like they're all closed um all the ones in coles and stuff we used to have loads of banks they all get shut down yeah. they're the first thing to go with, with online banking and stuff a little bit of incontinuity here, maybe. I wondered how you flag this line. Martin is actually annoyed that he's going to miss his whirlpool therapy. Yet every time we see him having any kind of physical therapy, he absolutely hates it. So what's the deal here? Yeah, and also Daphne says, oh, right, I forgot. You forgot the one thing that your job is. <laughs> that, that you're employed what? to do. <laughs> she just rapidly becomes someone who just lives with them. Like She has no actual kind of late laborious role in that in that dynamic, um, that family dynamic. It's just, where would they do the whirlpool therapy in Fraser's bath? Would he let them like gyrate in his bath? 
<laughs> I just that's something he would. Um, I don't know. It's... It's just the fact that Martin's annoyed really flagged for me because I'm like, you hate, you hate this. Um, I mean, World War Therapy is actually meant to be really good, I think, for like his hip thing. That's probably what he should do more often than just Daphne like yanking it on the floor. <laughs> like I think being in water and stuff is actually one of the best things that you could do. So I'm surprised that's not mentioned more often. But there we go. Uh, Niles has a seminar joke here, Kay. Do you want to tell our listeners what this one is? Because we love these when they recur. Oh, is it? Um, he's got his compulsive spending seminar, and he's hoping <laughs> to unload the rest of the raffle tickets. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, we, we've already lost track of how many of these are. I wish we'd, we'd kept them all, because we. I, I feel like there's probably about 15 or so. There's not as many as you think, and I think they're all weighted to the early part of the the show but so good when they when they come up and we have another recurrent reference now okay do you want to tell me what what is mentioned next which is a, a bit of a fan favorite can you remember what i'm talking about um restaurant place i would love to go for a, a birthday meal but alas um the cigar for a lot is not opening tier one or two or whatever we're uh, we're currently in um but yeah love the fact that this gets mentioned again so the cigar for a lot, little fan favorite there um have you ever been known to give yourself a mental hug key is this something that you are a big believer in i'm giving myself one right now <laughs> <laughs> are you actually <laughs> it's actually more of a heimlich maneuver to be <laughs> i mean do you have a thing you do to de-stress at all do you have any kind of rituals um or any anything that helps i mean and this can be as literally as, as frivolous as it could be literally something as simple as staring out the window for a bit i mean do you have any techniques not really. I embrace the stress because oh, God. <laughs> I had to learn to live with it. So, <laughs> I mean, so I, um, it's what I really, really hate is yoga because they're oh. all like really calming and like, okay, now just breathe. No, and I'm like, no, dog. no, okay. We got I'm just getting more and more agitated. <laughs> um, I, I, I like things like this um i've tried like mindfulness and the, the app headspace and stuff i've given them a whirl the app was a little bit annoying the guy's voice is kind of obnoxious um mindfulness generally i think is, is something a lot of people should practice and it's having a huge boom in the 21st century but yeah i mean i i've got a great playlist on on spotify other streaming platforms are available where i've made loads of ambient loads of ambient tracks in this playlist i'm a big fan of like, ambient music and i mean you put that on with some headphones and i use it to read and write to but also if i just want to kind of fall asleep it is killer um and i'll have to share it with you if you use spotify at all um and even if you use free spotify you can listen to it i think um but it is it's got some great great stuff in there to de-stress and relax so definitely something to uh to bear in mind um they go to the book nook at this point to get honey snow's um autograph for for daphne and we don't actually know what she looks like at this point obviously the big reveal is is hilarious because she's extremely attractive um fracia's line when she when she's uh she hooks him and says no fear here <laughs> one of my favorite lines from like the show in general but this episode that's the best line this episode just no fear here no fear here and how i think Corey mentions this actually in his fun bits for trivia corner how amazing that they've come this far from the pilot where they say a handshake is as good as a hug yeah i mean it's a weird one um because i feel in the age of covid just going up to someone and saying a handshake is just a hug for Freddy cats <laughs> you'd get like i mean hugging them seems like... even more invasive now doesn't it but i mean technically yeah. your your head 
passes theirs, and then you're breathing away from each other. So it's kind of more hygienic than a than a than a handshake. I don't know. Um, if there's any medical experts listening to this, could you tell us? Is, is there a greater <laughs> chance of passing on um, pathogens through a hug or a handshake? Please do. And also, can you tell us if you ever hug people? Do you also go no fear here? <laughs> um, oh, I mean, at least he says it beforehand. I'd be, I think it'd be a lot creepier if you went in for the hug and then just whispered into her ear. No fear here. <laughs> I think they hug and then she says what you know a hand a hug just a handshake for Friday cats and then when he's when he's like hugging her he says no fear <laughs> okay no actually I think you might be right yeah I don't know why I was thinking I had a vision of him with like outstretched arms going no fear here it would make more sense but I think it's funnier that he's like wrapped up in her when he says it <laughs> um kind of being swallowed by her massive blonde hair and then another fantastic line from Kelsey in quick succession where she's like I'm such a huge fan of yours. I've recently become one of yours. <laughs> Literally in the last 10 seconds, probably. I just think, yeah, I mean, she's obviously very attractive. The, no, please, it's honey. You know, the whole seductress lines here. I mean, I can see what Kelsey and Frazier are going through here. Um, but it's always... Well, that, that oh, sorry, said, you go. That said, it would genuinely irritate me how often like she just plays on her name. Oh, Look man. At the end when too. she goes... You won't be getting any honey tonight. Like, oh, I'm that irritates me. Person, man. I'm like, man, I wouldn't want any now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Winnie the Pooh, mate. Okay, you're not that. I don't need that much honey. <laughs> it's just, yeah, no. People that refer to themselves as the third person, so there's something going on there. But I just think this is this is just classic Frasier in that she is an intellectual, but she's a, a populist intellectual, not in the same way he is. So she's she's clearly not stupid by any stretch of the imagination. She's got a lot of money. Um, in my opinion, as much or if not more than Frasier, based on how popular she is and her apartment, which we'll get to. But yeah, I just think um, I've, I've, I've lost my complete train of thought with what I was, what I was saying. But, um, but yeah, I just think she. I can't. No, I literally have lost what I was saying. Bear with me here. I was, she's got loads of money. Third person. Oh, that was it. Um, <laughs> Frasier, like he's always attracted to to people obviously like this. He he his Achilles heel is really attractive women who aren't necessarily good fits for him at all. And I know that's like the point of the show. That's a really obvious point, but he never learns. And I just think you know he, maybe to be honest, his own morals in this episode let him down because he and Honey Snow aren't that much of a bad pairing. I just think he completely balls it up. Would you say you agree? I think long term they just. I, don't, I think it would annoy Frasier too much to have someone who's so like, airy and... Yeah, too, know, like, too populist. Yeah. Mm. I, I just don't think Frasier's that positive of a person. No, I, <laughs> I agree, actually, yeah. I mean, Frasier's... He's not, like, a negative guy anyway, but when you compare anyone to Honey Snow, like, yeah, you see quickly that perhaps they would have uh, rubbed up the wrong way. Um, she invites him to a meal at this point. Did we ever see that? We don't, do we? He goes to the meal, I presume. It's a bit of a throwaway line, but I would have thought it would have been a good chance to have him in a, in a in an actual place with her and i just the way she interacts with like restaurant staff in her typically airy fairy way i think would have been a really good opportunity that they didn't explore i, I agree i think that um to be honest with you, i mean i could probably do without the whole investment side angle i'm not that fussed about it that. goes on for ages i've completely forgot how dominant that b plot is yeah so for me I'd, i think i'd rather have seen them at i think bianchi's they go to or something oh like wow that. Good, good remembrance there okay um, um but yeah i, I completely agree i just 
wanted all honey snow and fraser this episode i and there's some funny moments with the with the daphne investment line but it, yeah that if anything to me is more dominant than the honey snow plot line that's i completely forget that's this episode but then once it's in it's like oh my god we're still here at the apartment talking about wendell you know it's it's one of those given that said there's a fantastic line now in the back of the apartment and Martin's watching the horse racing, and Nars says <laughs> he seems to be taking a serene, almost Buddhist approach to the rights, uh, which is just fantastic. Um, have you ever had a flutter on the horses, Key? Is this something you do? I mean, I know you're not a betting man, but sometimes you know the Grand National sweepstakes or something. Yeah, when when I was a kid, we'd all put a pound on on the Grand National. Ah, oh, I like that. And my it's dad would buy like for the two weeks before the race, he'd buy every single paper, <laughs> and you get home, and the betting pages would just be all over the floor like a conspiracy <laughs> theorist trying to work it out like something of a beautiful mind <laughs> and um and none of us ever won anything <laughs> i love that i love those traditions though i think stuff like that's great um we used to do a, a grand national sweepstakes at work when i worked at the garden center and um i think i got like third place once when my horse came third it's the best i've ever done i've never won like a single accumulator or bet or anything like that so i'm not touched with uh, lady luck i can tell you that much at this point in the apartment i love how martin kind of sows the seeds of our argument between Fraser and Niles um like the way he says oh he's like oh you've got a date who with and he's like Dr. Honey Snow like I love the way he's getting involved here and purposely wants them to come to blows I just think it's a an unexpected little exchange between the three of them and I love that Niles also finds her really attractive because he ultimately is like Fraser. they're both ruled by their pants in, in so to speak in a, in a lot of ways and I just love the way he he responds to her yeah I just think this whole this this whole scene is great I mean the the Fraser line, analyze them, she could star in them. I mean, that is just amazing. I mean, what do you make of this scene? Um, yeah, I mean, my favorite part of this episode is the Niles and Fraser interplay when Niles is sort of chiding Fraser about his relationship with Honey Snow and, and the forward and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and I, um, I mean, you've said recently, you know, some of your favorite lines. For me, my favorite line in this episode mm-hmm. is uh, when Honey Snow says to Niles about she read a wonderful article of his. He just responds because of fashion. <laughs> yes, and I believe I read your quiz in Cosmo. Is your guy a stud or a dud? <laughs> <laughs> I've actually made a note of that. that. I've made a note of that lie because I, I remember the first time I ever read Cosmo. It was in a... a I was in my, my auntie and uncle and that and cousins briefly moved to Barcelona like years ago. And I remember going to the bathroom and one of my auntie's issues was in there. And I was like, what the hell is this magazine? Um, <laughs> and I just started reading it. As I, obviously, I was about 10, 11. I was like, Jesus, <laughs> I was like, what, what, what is this? Um, but yeah, I mean, Cosmo's got a really funny rep as like just yeah exactly like Niall says those kind of popular quizzes it's like you know 10 reasons why your guy is mad in bed (laughs) just so so funny but yeah and I love how Fraser kind of dismisses Daphne at the door when when Honey Snow arrives just before that yeah he kind of like she she says her little joke and then he kind of looks like ushers ushers her her way with his hands um which was just a nice little bit of physical acting I made a note here that she's basically as prolific as Stephen King she's written so many books and the only comparable guy I can think of in my own life is Stephen King who just seems to write like his life depends on it i don't know how writers do this um i i i've been working on a short story for the best part of two three months now and i don't think it'll ever be finished because it's like like this is boring this is rubbish this isn't good enough i have no idea how he does it and i'm actually reading a stephen king book right now so um that's kind of a little coincidence there it's joyland for anyone who wants to know um which is a great great little book um i love i, so I, I find it really admirable when writers like 
Stephen King can just churn out books so quickly when they're actually really good books. Yeah. But there are a lot of very, I don't want to be harsh here, but some very dodgy writers who churn out books and none of them oh, are I don't think you're good. being harsh. You know, people like James Patterson is like one of the most famous. I don't know if he's American Does, or British. But... Does he actually write his own books? No. He's no, like a he factory of ghost writers. It's, it's insidious. No. It's, it's awful, really. Um, and then you have, you know, people like Danielle Steele also writes loads. But yeah, them, you know. R.L. Stein as well. For oh when I was a kid, God, he used yeah. to churn them out. I know they're all relatively short, but he used to churn he, out. He books. wrote all of the Goosebumps books, and there's a good like 50 or whatever in the original series. He read wrote all of them in the space of like five years or something. Crazy, like isn't just it? the 90s. He went mad, and I just think, yeah, it's absolutely crazy. I just think he really churned them out. But yeah, I mean, if anyone if anyone's got a particular favourite writer who writes absolutely shitloads, then please let us know who they are. I'm sure there's other Stephen King fans here. Um, listen. And it is Halloween, so it's pretty apt. Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> what would be an even scarier side effect is what I'm going to add now, which is Fraser's growl. <laughs> and he's like, oh, talking about honey again. Huh? I've just... never felt this way about a woman before. It's like I'm out of control. Her effect on me is, is, there's no words to describe it, really. It's, it's more like a sound. I love people. Can you roll your R's, Keen, in that way? I, I can't, no. no. I wish I could. I, um, I listened to the skill. song uh, Reap Petit by uh, uh, Jackie Wilson. Like, rolled his R's when he says, Reap Petit. Yeah. Um, and no, I, I've never been able to emulate it. I find it really hard, man. People used to do it in primary school, and it was like the ultimate thing. I was like, damn, I'm jealous of you. Um, <laughs> the hair, horny, horny is used again. Um, good cop, horny cop routine. Um, is is the quote? I mean, we, we I'm starting to think we're really onto something here. The word horny is honestly used more often than people would care to admit in Frasier, which I just think is amazing. Did you did you notice when this was brought up? You're like, holy shit, there it is again. Yeah, yeah, it is. Mm. I mean, it's something once you start looking for it, it appears more than you realize. It does, and clearly, just the, it's a funny word. It always lands. Um, it's always like it's always workable into a joke. So I really, I really like that. Um, great line from Nas here. Obviously, one of us is lying, Fraser. <laughs> the way he says that as well. It, it's, he says it really formally again, a bit like in those previous episodes where I said it's almost like he's he's only just become Niles. Like they don't, they've not quite figured out how to do him yet. It's uh, it's it sounds really formal, like he's not fully into the role. But it's 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 a really funny line. Um, that again, he calls Daphne a Venus working-class Venus, um, saying he'd lost her life savings. I'd be a little concerned if if her life savings with the £500 she so willingly threw onto a stocks and shares thing. Um, I mean, presumably, Fraser pays her enough that she can save some money. I mean, she's not paying for the apartment, so what do you what do She's you got no it? expenses. Surely. She really doesn't, does she? <laughs> like, other than, like, when she comes back today, spending, like, a drunken yuppie. I can't, I can't remember what she's bought, like a new coat or something, I think. I have no idea. I just remember the line, drunken yuppie. I don't yeah, even remember she's got what. Yeah, a bag of things. Um, but she, she has a new coat and stuff. Um, oh, I've lost where I am now. Uh, oh, yeah, I love... I love Nars's threat to kill off Wendell. Um, Chest pains were injured yesterday, I hope. That's it. I was just about to say, I've forgotten what he says. Um, that is hilarious to me, just the fact that he made Wendell up. Oh, no, did he make Wendell up? Because obviously... Wait, I think Wendell's a real person and Nars is just going to pretend to kill him off. Pretend to kill him off. Yeah, because yeah, he's original to begin with because he actually does make the money. Um, yeah, I feel sorry for Wendell at this point. 
a little little something I enjoyed here. They're going to a restaurant called Chicken Chicken Chicken. Um, hey, the chicken is excellent. Where the chicken is excellent, <laughs> and, the, and the supple breasts. Um, the, the there's another reference in a different episode to a restaurant very similar called Pizza Pizza Pizza. Yes, um, I, I think does Fraser do an advert? For he that, does. Uh, it's yeah. at KSEL, and I wonder if there's any other restaurants that are thricely named um, because I just think it's a nice little a nice little throwback here. They could literally be next door to each other, and you could just kind of, you know, get the best of both worlds there. Um, also, completely, I've actually I've made a note here, but we've already talked about it. Is that I completely forgot how little Honey Snow was in this episode. I've just put, you know, the Niles B plot takes a lot takes a lot of it up, um, which I just think is is um, yeah, not the best decision. I think we're both in agreement. We'd like to have seen more Fraser and Honey Snow interactions. Also. What do you make of Fraser's rather lecherous comment about Honey Snow's breasts? Um, how does this land for you? Um, all right, mate. Um, it's, it's a bit, <laughs> bit weird. Oh, wait, wait. I think it's like, all right, mate, to me then. <laughs> no, no. Right, um, no, I just, I just, I find it weird when anyone ever refers to extraordinary, proud, and supple breasts. I just <laughs> I think it's a bit strange. It's a re proud, I mean, proud. That's terrifying. I mean, um, I'd, I'd love to know. I don't use like dating apps or anything because I'm in a relationship, but is that a thing people put on, on Tinder? Um, I, I, I use those apps, Key, um, and I can tell you that no, it's not. <laughs> well, then there is a market there for you. Mate. I, I just you put start putting my descriptions. This is what I'm specifically looking for here. The word proud is going to start getting used a lot. Um, <laughs> no, it's, of course, it's not. I would never do anything like that. But Niles kind of saves this joke with his, um, well, you know, that's the manager special at Chicken, Chicken, Chicken. So I completely forgot that line, actually, which is brilliant. I, that, that was like a, hearing that line for the first time ever. Like, it was really weird. I'd never heard that line when I, I watched this episode before. Um, so at least he, he saves that. But then anyway, we, we move on from this point to, to Fraser going to, to Honey Snow's apartment. Your bag boy has arrived. <laughs> I mean, she has a really nice apartment, doesn't she? It's lovely. Absolutely really, lovely. Really I nice. particularly love her oil painting, which really took my eye <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as Fraser walked in the room. Really um, someone, did it go? someone standing in front of a fire. Not hoovering. <laughs> oh no, no, I tell you, the floor was a mess. They needed to hoover. But, um... Uh, but yeah, I mean, Frasier, obviously now this is the point where she lights a sandalwood candle and things start getting, you know, very sexy here. And they start basically being honest with each other on the sofa. Um, Frasier's... Um, just... Sorry, what are you going to say? So just before I get to that, right? Frasier says, no, no, honey, I can't do it. And mm -hmm. she says, oh, it's all right. I've got a candle for that too brilliant line she seems very willing to accept that he can't perform she like, does is is this something that happens to her quite a lot that I, guys who can't perform that I, she has a, a set of candles for it it's very it's a very good point i just think she's just so understanding that um it's kind of the dream scenario because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise you'd want you literally want to crawl inside yourself and die um so you know fair play to her for trying to keep the magic alive is what i'll say I think Honey deserves a lot better than Frasier. Um, I'm going to be honest here. I think Honey is, is is the better person in this episode. Just because she writes slightly popular pop psych fiction does not make her any you know less of a nice person. Um, and she you know she's she she does everything right in this episode as well as being immensely attractive. So you know I think I don't think Frasier realizes what he's got here until he starts using lines like jujun, which is just amazing. What, what, what does jujun mean? Basically, you know? I think it just means um, like a little bit like simplistic and and vapid. 
Um, okay. A bit like a, a platitude. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. Jejun means naive, simplistic, and superficial. There you go. There you go, mate. Well done. Wow, I even got one of the words. Um, <laughs> but yeah, superficial basically. So it's I mean using fr what's it called fr franglai like French and English in together. Um, I think is always a recipe for for a good joke. Which Fraser get Fraser lands here. Um, her third person reference. There's no way you're getting any honey. It's fantastic. And she also says, I believe a poet once said, um, it's, it ends not with a bang but a whimper. Can you tell me what poet said that key? Um, or indeed, if you know the poem, I'd be amazed. But um, um, take so a stab at the poet. I definitely don't know the poem. <laughs> but you've, you've um, heard that line, yeah. I've heard that line, yeah, yeah. I mm -hmm. think I could be wrong. Is it T.S. Eliot? Oh, yes, it is. It is. Wow, well played. Okay, where's yeah. that come from? It's just, I feel like I've heard that line a lot. Mm. Um, and you probably looked it up at some point. Just like, yeah, well, I, and I think... I think it's just one of those lines that because you hear it quite a bit. I, and also, I, I mean, I don't know that many poets, to be honest with you. So it was a one no, in five chance. <laughs> one in five. Uh, it is T.S. Eliot from the, the Hollow Man, I think the play, the poem's called, or The Invisible Man. I think it's The Hollow Man, one of the two. I get the confused because there was a film called Hollow Man about a guy who could go invisible. So um, I tend to get very confused. Um, but yeah, T.S. Eliot, famous modernist poet from the uh, early 20th century. Um Oh, did I miss in the closing credits here? Because there's a Viking woman. Um, yes, that is Mrs. Fitzgibbons. Oh, they won the oh God, of course. How, I, honestly, I saw this last night. Um, admittedly, I, I had something to drink. <laughs> so well, probably that's probably why some of my note-taking's been a little bit erratic. But I couldn't put two and two together. What the hell is going on here? I felt like I was high. Um, <laughs> it's, it's Mrs. Fitzgibbons. There you go. Um, doing, doing her thing, which, I mean... Fair play to her is all I can say, really. Kay. Um, she clearly is getting a lot out of that. Um, and, um, I mean, they did well because uh, I think Nas said at the start of the episode he sold over 800 tickets, so the risk is fairly minimal. And they still managed to win. They so, did. Well, well done. Well, yeah, I mean, and she clearly she, she commits to the performance, which I think is <laughs> all we does. can ask for from, uh, from Mrs. Fitzgibbons. Um, that just leads me to ask you, Kay, is this episode in your top 10? It is not in my top ten. It is not in mine either. But it's a highly regarded one. I think it's a good episode. I think it's a bit of a classic of season two. Um, I think Honey Snow has a really lasting impression, um, and particularly the way Fraser deals with her. I think she's a really good cameo character. Um, so yeah, well, who's your best actor pick, Kay? I think for me, um, I'm going to be honest. All my favourite bits of this episode are Niles's quite sassy zingers. Mm. Um, and so I think for me, I'm going to give it to Niles, mainly for the line, is your guy a, a stutter a dud? I love that. Well played. I, I was, I've gone for Frasier because obviously it's such a heavy ep with him. Um, but then, you know, Niles is in it a lot because of the B-plot. And I think I like that we've we've diverted there. So, um, yeah, excellent. I think it's a great a great choice. Frasier's just jejune lines and, uh, you know, no fear here. <laughs> they just, they kill me. So... Okay, I've got to ask you, Kennedy Burling, our man on the ground, what would he make of this episode? And indeed, what would he make of Dr. Honey Snow? I think that Kennedy is someone who, you know, is always giving himself a mental hug. Oh, and... yeah, but he goes a bit further, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> That's so just... <laughs> God. Kennedy alone in his room, going a bit further. <laughs> Kennedy, please, no, you're in a public space. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> what would he make of Honey Snoke? I think he'd love Honey. He's yeah. um, would she love him? I think who doesn't love Kennedy? I think um, he's all man, and she'd be she'd be into that, wouldn't she? I think. I think she would. She'd yeah, be a, yeah. I think, I think so. And I think Kennedy's the sort of guy who probably refers to himself in the third person. No. <laughs> he absolutely does. Um, I just stand there going, "Honey loves you, sweetie." Kennedy loves you too. <laughs> he loves you too. And Kennedy doesn't need no candle to perform. <laughs> um, who's crazy anyway this week, Key, is uh, all that remains before we jump into listener mail. And I have picked a, uh, a good little line for you this week. I've picked it ahead of time. I normally forget. And it is, why don't you do it? Why don't you do it? Who says that oh line? God. Um, could be anyone. It, <laughs> it could well be, so excuse my yawning. I've gone really lightheaded all of a sudden. I don't know why. What do you think? Um, my, first, oh, my first thought is that it's something to do with book, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe one of them asking Frasier, why don't you do it? Why don't you do the forward? Yeah. Um, so maybe Daphne, maybe? Hey, I'm afraid it is Ross. Um, Ross. And it's when they're at the book nook. And uh, Frazier says, it's unbelievable. Here, get an autograph for me, will you? And she's like, me? Why don't you do it? I have my reputation to think of. Oh, what's the big deal? Um, so, I mean, we have that line twice, actually. Martin saying, what's the big deal as well? So, really excellent. But yeah, it was Ross. Do you want to jump over to Listener Mail this week, Key? Yeah, let's do it. Ross, who's our next caller? Okay, so Listener Mail this week. Quite a few of you have written in as usual. Uh, thank you very much. Um, as usual, we might have to abridge some of the comments um, if they're just a little bit too long. But we have read them, don't worry. And appreciate everything you've, you've written. Sydney Ass Basket kicks us off this week. I wasn't at work last week, so my usual Monday morning listening to listen to the podcast was interrupted. However, this week I got a pleasure I had not had since Will introduced me to this very podcast a few short months ago. I missed the days of binging the podcast episodes, but what a delight to have two episodes saved ready for my return to work this week. Retirement is Murder was a brilliant episode, and I really enjoyed the podcast episode as much as I enjoyed the TV one. Hamish and Corey, plus all the others, really do know how to write a trivia question. Don't worry, I'll be back with some on special occasions soon. My last was my coffee with Niles. Already looking forward to next week's from the desk of Sydney Arsbosquet. Thank you, Sydney. <laughs> uh, next up, we've got Ludicrous Poppinjay, who says, uh, great episode, guys. For him, it was a bit of a meh episode. Um, not one of the stronger ones. The solution was kind of forced and has to wrap things up. He does love David Hyde Pierce's line of, it's not so very far-fetched. <laughs> That's so good, so good. Um, he also says that he um, he identifies with my interest in the Kennedy assassination. Mm. Has been very, very interested in it, um, and asks whether I'm a conspiracy theorist or a lone nutter. Oh, um, he thinks that Oswald was exclusively the trigger man, but wouldn't be surprised if he had some assistance behind the scenes. Um, I'd just say quickly, I actually think the background of Lee Harvey Oswald is really, really interesting. That mm. uh, he went and lived in Russia for a little bit, but it was too quote da- too damn cold, so he came back to America. Yeah. And I think that if I was planning to assassinate the president, which mm-hmm. I'm not planning to do, I think that um, Lee Harvey Oswald is the kind of guy I would want as a full guy. Mm. Um, he's, he's got, quite, he's suspicious, isn't he? Suspicious, rather. Yeah, he's, he's that sort of bloke who could easily think, oh, he's a bit of a nutter and he's going to kill someone. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, if there was a nudging in the background, maybe. Um mm. Uh, who knows? I, I think I would probably be. I think I'm lone gunman, but that he was put up to it um, personally. I, I mean, but I, I've got, I've got, I've got no investment in either. You know, I'm, I'm very open-minded about a lot of things. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, nor am I a, a hard skeptic on, on pretty much everything. So, um, 
yeah, I think I think it's probably likely he did pull the trigger that killed Kennedy um, or fired the bullet. But, you know, I do not think he acted alone. Um, and, uh, yeah, there we go. But um, sorry, did you want to read a little bit more? Pop and Joe. Yeah, back to the yeah. Ludicrous Pop and Joe. He says that uh, baseball is probably the closest to European football in terms of the pace of play. However, apparently a lot of people who run Major League Baseball think that the pace needs to be sped up, which he mm-hmm. disagrees with. Um, in terms of swearing, he says that a bastard isn't considered much of a swear word in an, and probably wasn't even considered particularly offensive in America, even in the 90s. They will usually have things like damn, hell, bastard, son of a bitch, but they don't have much swearing um, on US TV. It's generally reserved for cable and other non-network TV. Oh, fair. Um, and the Ted comment on John C. McGinley is a reference to Ted McGinley, um, who is referred to as a patron saint of jumping the shark, or, quote, the sitcom killer. Poor um, Ted. He has a partially justified reputation for joining the cast of long-running shows, only to have the show end not long after he comes on board. <laughs> what a terrible legacy. No, right? You <laughs> were doing really well then, Ted. Show. I mean, I tell you what, if you're his... Uh, if he's castmates, how good are you to see him roll up on set for the first <laughs> time? so happy as well. Like, hi guys, really happy to get on board here. Like, oh my god, it's the Grim Reaper. Um, sure. Poor Ted. Um, but yeah, thank you, Ludicrous Pop and Jay. Some excellent comments there. Um, DSOC simply put the clapping emoji. Nice and simple one there. Thank you very much. Uh, Recklier put, a fellow Edgar Allan Poe fan I see. I discovered him thanks to his quotes appearing in a GameCube game called Eternal Darkness. I don't think I played Eternal Darkness. If it was GameCube exclusive, I won't have. Though I did play a PS2 game called Eternal Ring which was pretty awful and very unheard of. If anyone played that, I'd be really interested in hearing. But yeah, I love Edgar Allan Poe. I've got a giant collection of his works literally sitting on the shelf above me, actually. Um, the moment you brought up Daphne's quota being knocked up by Martin reminded me of something. Here it's used, as you said, to be woken up, but later in Something Borrowed, Something Blue, Simon says to Daphne, what, you knocked up or something? Meaning literally what we think about pregnancy. The fact the same phrase is used twice, but meaning two very different things is very strange. Um, and she also appreciated Key's bark in a, in a listener mail. Um, you scratch my book. Not a bad episode. Decent story, but it wasn't terribly exciting. It didn't leave much of an impact on me. Hence my few words about it. So there we go. Thank you, Reclia. And next up, we have attempted high five. He says, um, my dad used to use the expression to knock someone up to let my sister know he was going to wake her up. This was about 15 wow. years ago. I was always completely aghast. But I was got I got told to shush because it didn't mean what I thought. <laughs> also, I didn't think someone else would make the heavy rain connection. I don't think it was intended, but I love that game. So many good British actors doing American accents. Ah, there you go. So that was in the reference to the game with uh, another Inspector Shelby, Detective Shelby, committing a murder. So, um, I, yeah, I did not think anyone listening would be familiar with heavy rain, let alone someone who listened who bloody played oblivion and commented on itunes you know all, all those weeks ago cyridic brandy which was just insane to me um but there you go so cracking cracking uh analog dandy i believe is a first time first time listener mail but hey will long time listener just getting to you for the first time you mention a monkey being the killer as a somewhat lynchian thing to be done well here you go i can't believe i forgot this but thank you analog dandy uh, but this year i think David Lynch did a short film in which he interviews a monkey who's on trial for murder. Um, and he is, he's the detective and he's literally speaking to a monkey in a detective room. Um, I have no idea what it's like, but it's Lynch. So it's probably really watchable and compelling. Um, but there you go. That's amazing to me. Like, and I really subconsciously was not trying to, to, to reference that. Um, but there you go. So if you want some more retirement is murder action, 
there. Go and find it on Netflix. Okay, next up we have Argle Gargle Google Goop. Mm, um, okay. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really, really committed to it. <laughs> um, he agrees that the inconsistencies between this episode and previous episodes were a bit puzzling. Uh, the details of the murder and Nazi's view towards Las Vegas. Um, he also uh, questions why the writers didn't make Helen any taller, as five foot seven is not tall, particularly even for a woman, and your average male shooter could shoot from a downward trajectory uh, for someone of her height. Right. He also, um, I'm sorry, is it here or she? Do we know? Um, uh, I don't think we know. Okay, well, they, uh, they um, <laughs> uh, also suggest that perhaps Roz was able to get her season tickets to the Seahawks and the Sonics as a favour from one of her friends in high places, uh, mm. a bit like the old senator she saved the life of or um, the guy she contacted to get Fraser and Niles into Laporte de Gant. I like that. Um, a bit of trivia, Mary Steenbergen, who was the guest in, uh, I think, Retirement is Murder, is actually was. Um, Ted Danson's wife. Wow, all, I didn't uh, know that. I didn't know that at all, no. Um, they were newlyweds when this was recorded. And um, given that Sam actually appears, you know, not in a few episodes' time, possibly next in, episode, Literally next week, yeah. Um, then that could be a connection as to what why she appeared in the show. Uh, she's also an Oscar winner. Wow. And, and interestingly, as as they note, the Fraser Across the Seasons does have a plethora of um, Oscar, Emmy, Tony Award winners and nominees. Uh, John Mahoney himself is a, a Tony winner. Um, and so it seems that it was a really coveted spot for actors to try and get a uh, a guest slot on Frasier. Yeah, the pedigree, as as they say, the guest star pedigree is extremely high on Frasier. Um, I just think you can't say that about many shows that are around in the 90s. Um, there's just the quality everywhere, behind the scenes, front of the camera is just so, so good. Um, but yeah, great comment. Cam Winston, our quiz master, Hamish, has put... To answer some of your monkey and wildlife questions from last week, which we had many, where he put, here's some fun facts for you. New Zealand, bearing in mind our population is only 5 million, that always blows my mind, um, has, has of early 2020, 30 million sheep and lamb, 67,000 farm goats, plus tens of thousands wild goats, 11 million dairy and beef cows, um, two cows per person. That's insane. Um, as for our primate situation, we have 12 species of monkey or ape. Out of those 12, all 12 are in a zoo or wildlife park. Owning monkeys in New Zealand is illegal, as is owning any kind of exotic animal, which I assume it is here in the UK too. I wouldn't know for sure, but I feel like we're pretty aligned with New Zealand on most things. Uh, so sorry, Will, there are no primates roaming the streets. These 12 breeds are lemur, monkey, orangutan, gorilla, you see that cat? I know how to say capuchin. I never know how you say that. Yeah, I think it's capuchin. Capuchin. Yeah. Oh, I don't know that. Siamang, macaque, baboon, tamarind, marmoset, gibbon, chimpanzee. Chimpanzee to chimpanzee. Exactly. <laughs> think of a uh, Troy McClure. It does, uh, doesn't it? I, honestly, I genuinely some days I walk down the street and I just hear um, Troy McClure going, "Oh my God." I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he could talk, he could talk, I can sing. Um, can I play the piano anymore? <laughs> of course you can. Well, I couldn't before. <laughs> such an amazing sketch. Um, anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, go and watch A Fish Called Selma. Um, by of the Simpsons episode. Arona Park, for example, Hamish continues, an 80-hectare open-range wildlife park just outside of Christchurch, where I live. There is a gorilla breeding program starting in the next year in partnership with Sydney Zoo. I'm also lucky enough to work for a company who has helped sponsor the gorilla enclosure there. Um, we only have four poisonous, main poisonous animals here. The catapo, red back and white-tailed spiders, and the blue bottle jellyfish. Um, 
but they've got a lot of other pests as well. Um, also, he mentions he loves true crime, um, just like Corey, and he listens to a lot of true crime podcasts, so another big fan there. But thank you, Cam. Lots of interesting stuff about New Zealand there, which we're always, always interested to know. Uh, Mischief Knight, um, just some fun bits. Uh, he's a lot of talking this episode between Fraser and Nars regarding hugs, especially when Honey Snow says that a, a handshake is a hug for Frady Cats. <laughs> the boys have come a long way from the pilot when they were still of Hester's mindset. A handshake is as good as a hug. So something you, yeah. <laughs> you commented on, I think, in the uh, podcast there, Will. Yep. Um, despite their jests, Honey Snow must sell a lot of books to live in a in a big apartment that big with double doors. And to get an endorsement from Mickey Rooney, no less. So she's got yes. friends in high places, Ooh. hasn't she? Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rooney. <laughs> um, I honestly, I really have liked it if, if they just had Martin going, Oh, Mickey Rooney, I like him. I like um, it. <laughs> oh, Berlin flashback. Electric, right. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Ellen okay, Shapiro, I like her. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. Um, then he says, um, also, the communications breakdown joke sequence might be one of my favorite in the entire series. Oh, that's with the, um, oh, your brother's just give me $200, and now he's going to roll me over. <laughs> um, but brilliant. Thank you, everyone who wrote in. Really appreciate it. Uh, love reading those out every week. So um, keep them coming. Next week, we'll be looking at the one where Sam shows up, which is season two, episode 16. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing Sam. Sam alone back in Fraser's world. But other than that, I've been Will. I've been Key. Thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Oh, my. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegs. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs.